Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the program. You can also message us on the KPL app chat if you want to uh, share your thoughts, especially in the first half of the show, because joining me is Andrew Caps from the Daily Advertiser. Andrew, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, I, I wanted to have you on so uh, because there, there's been a whole lot of stories. And I know you've penned a lot of them, a lot of stories about uh, Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory, uh, the side jobs, the, the stint in rehab, everything like that. And uh, the mayor president has been on KPEL several times. He's been on since he's gotten back. He's been on Lafayette Live. Uh, he came in and, and joined Offsides uh one afternoon, uh, actually the same day that he came back, uh, he came on offsides. And, and so he, we've, we've gotten his perspective. And of course we've, we've seen the statements and, and everything from his office, but you're somebody who's been following uh, local, local government and that's, that's your beat here. And so I wanted to get your perspective and kind of what, what you're reporting on, what you're hearing kind of. And, and so let's, let's start with the spoil banks and, and, and kind of what's stemming from that. Yeah. And uh, when that, broke in uh, in March. I think that was kind of where things really started uh, rolling down this hill. And mm-hmm. I think you're now at the point where, um, well, we know that come Tuesday, the city council is going to be faced with the option of taking some action for an audit and an investigation. So, um, you know, I think, I think it starts there. Yeah. And I think when you look at the more recent stuff, I don't know that that's really where the city council is going with a lot of it. Right. But, um, it's sort, certainly been a narrative that has been like building for uh, for several months now. Yes, because like you said, this coming Tuesday they will meet, and I, and it, you know, in your story, uh, you had mentioned that they're they're looking at the uh, possibility of voting for an audit and an investigation. So, mm-hmm. what all is kind of in, in is kind of encapsulated in all that? So, in terms of the audit and the investigation, I mean, you're you're looking into how these projects. And there have been several that have been in the news, mm-hmm. have been handled, yeah. whether or not they they fit all the things they were supposed to do. Um, you know, it's a really complicated process to, to do those sorts of things. And from a lot of the reporting, it looks like there have been some shortfalls. There. Mm-hmm. And so that is where I think the audit and the investigation um, are looking. And I think that's really sort of where they're stemming from as well as the questions that have been raised. You know, when we talk about the Spoil Banks project, a big part of that was the secrecy about it and mm-hmm. the fact that it took a month really for anybody outside of LCG to find out that it had been done, including the council members. Right. And then, you know, the give that two, two weeks after the Spoil Bank, you know, the city is in court over the Homewood Drive pond mm-hmm. and, and they didn't lose immediately, but they didn't leave the hearings there. Uh, on a strong foot, and they did, you know, come May, they, they they lost that ruling. And then you have a lot of reporting from the current that relates to the spoil banks that questions whether the public bid law was violated and, and whether or not the uh, amount that they paid uh, amounts to a gratuitous donation of public funds since they paid two of the three landowners what mm-hmm. the current reported was the full value of that property. And um, also questions about whether or not they were even authorized to buy it because mm-hmm. there wasn't an ordinance approved by the council that declared that a public necessity. Yeah. And so you have a lot of these questions, and both those were all really tied in with the lawsuit over the spoil banks. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you have a federal lawsuit, and then in early July, St. Martin Parish uh, was able to actually sue 
in St. Martin Parish yeah. against LCG over the spoil banks. And we had some reporting of our own in, in July about, um, you know, it's very clear that they needed a permit for at least mm-hmm. part of the spoil banks removal since they blocked the river. Yeah. Um, and you get to there, and, and that's about the middle of July, and about a week later, the mayor announces that he's going to rehab. And so we're a week or two removed from his return, and I think you're seeing the steam that had built up before his departure return Yeah. Uh, as well. I mean, I don't think the councils were going to just let these questions go unanswered, mm-hmm. you know, indefinitely. So while he's there, while he's in rehab, there's also the question that comes up of the legal work. Mm-hmm that he's doing and you know uh whether it's you know getting records expunged the the whatever it is he's doing with various clients in this law practice how is is that all a, i mean it's it's all a separate issue but how is this adding to the problem well it it comes down to uh, an issue of trust and i think the reason that it starts with the spoil banks is because that's where you see really Maybe not the first, but the the most serious crack in trust between the mayor and the councils. Yeah. And from there, right, it's kind of like a, a chip in the paint on your car. Once you mm-hmm. have a hole, it's just going to spread. Yeah. And there's just been quite a lot of things that have come up that have caused it to spread faster and faster. And, you know, the mayor's additional work is, I think, contributing to that. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not the first thing on the council's mind. It's not yeah. really their purview, but it is definitely not helping him yeah. right now. You know, I think they're, they were not in a place where they had a lot of trust for him. And mm-hmm. I think that all the recent reporting and revelations are only worsening that. All right, let's go ahead and let's, let's take a, a break here. And when we come back more on this and just kind of looking ahead, what, what's coming up and, what both sides in this or all sides in this issue are kind of looking at it as far as uh, the future. We'll do all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham show news talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham show here on news talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. You can uh, send us a message, uh, react to uh, the conversation we're having. Andrew Capps from the daily advertiser uh, in with us today talking about Uh, Just the myriad stories that have been circulating about Josh Guillory, uh, several of those stories that you've reported on. And, you know, where we are right now is we've got, you you described it best, it's like all of this is kind of built up. Mm -hmm. And now it's just kind of the floodgates are opening at this point. And somebody, I I heard somebody mention kind of death by a thousand cuts at this point. (laughs) Which uh, not not saying it, you know, this this may not affect him at the next election or anything, but there is a lot of negative press out there. Part of the response has been, you know, just to kind of say it's sensational journalism and, and, and all that. Just as a reporter, what is your response to that? You know, um, you hear that all the time in this business, yeah. um, especially when uh, the news isn't flattering. We don't make the news unflattering on purpose. The mm-hmm. news is what it is. Um, I w- will say, rather than the, um, you know, it being salacious or uh, or whatever, the, the jabs that have stuck with me are the uh, elite media, that we're the elitist media in Lafayette. Let me tell you, I buy my clothes at Target, and that is like... High level shopping for a guy like yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't have much of an elite media in this town. I we're mean, all. I, 
would occasionally sometimes refer uh, to to Walmart as, as Dillard's, you know, <laughs> at, at times. So I understand it fully. Oh, yeah. But there's also really good kids' clothes at Target. I just want to say that. That's pretty pretty quality <laughs> stuff. But so, yeah, and, and, and I, I do feel the sympathy in that regard because it, it doesn't matter left, right, center, newspaper, radio, whatever. There's always going to be the people. It's like the Mitch Hedberg joke. Um, you can't make all the people happy all the time. And last night, all those people were at my show. It's kind of like that. You're <laughs> yes. never going to to get just a string of compliments on your reporting. No. But uh, you've you've always been very by the numbers, by the facts. You you dig into those government records and everything. Mm-hmm. Just based on your work in all this. Where do you kind of see this issue, these or not this, these issues going from here? Well, um, as it relates to the mayor's extra work, um, I have plans to keep probing. I know a lot of news in this town is looking into that. I don't know where that really stands to go. It's not something that there's a lot of oversight for. Yeah. There's not an enforcement mechanism in the charter. There's not um, a clear consequence to that, to be honest with you. As it relates to the drainage um, projects, the issues with the council, these questions, you know, I mean, they submitted these questions to the mayor or his office in early June, Mm -hmm. and it took weeks to get a response that basically said it was twofold. He said, I don't have the time to do this, and all this stuff is right at your fingertips. And so, you know, that to me put the council in a position where I think they're willing to take that audit yeah. suggestion of his and the investigation that they, they seem to want to do and, and move forward with that. So my expectation is that at next week, I, I think that'll pass Yeah, at the council meeting. Uh, it's a question of how, by how much and how many council members vote for, but it is just a city council and the mayor doesn't have a great relationship with them. And they're frankly, you know, concerned that they're not getting answers to simple questions and not getting any diligent uh, response to the hard questions. Yeah. So where does it go from there, I guess, is the question. Um, If they do approve this audit, I think it will probably take at least a couple of months for that to be completed. I'll be surprised if it is done without issue. I I don't think the administration is going to just happily play ball. Yeah. Um, But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. (laughs) I just try not to be wrong in the newspaper. Right. Uh, so really kind of listening to you and kind of just going through the stories, we have essentially two categories of issue here. The first, and I'll be honest, in, in my opinion, the first is the distraction, which is the side jobs and everything. Although I think the report about not filing the new law firm with the ethics board might also have teeth, just don't know how big those teeth are. But I think the bigger one is the drainage and, and the, the council taking action, all that wanting to see the audit uh, that talks about the bid process. I think the current had uh, the story about a possible federal investigation as far as all that goes. So mm-hmm. there, that seems to be the bigger story here. If you look at it in terms of accountability mechanisms, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, to your point, there are a lot of rules about how you can spend state money and federal money for that matter. There are a lot more avenues available to the councils to investigate when it comes to government work rather than the mayor's private enterprises. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think you're right. I mean, I think the bigger story is probably the drainage. That doesn't mean we won't be following both. Right. The people have a right to know these things. Right. And my job isn't just to hold the government accountable. It's to hold our politicians accountable and, as well. And if there is crossover, like with the construction uh the, the construction rental business right. and and the the bids and, and the projects and everything that is something that should come to light he's maintained that there is nothing illicit going on That's there correct. and and right now they're kind of the way the justice system works innocent until proven guilty there's sure. there's you know nothing that's outwardly out there to implicate but the transparency does go a long way and the audit and everything like, like that would clear a lot of that up I think it's possible. Uh, there's some question as to how far the audit and, and a potential investigation could go. Um, I think that that question is on the minds of the council members right yeah. now. Um, you know, to the mayor's credit, he has said that they are not doing any business with vendors for LCG or the other municipalities. Mm -hmm. I hope that's true. Yeah. So far, we're waiting on the proof. So, yeah. I think you're right. I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes, but I do think that that's on their minds. So in the course of talking about this upcoming meeting, there the terms audit and investigation have been thrown out there. And these mm -hmm. aren't necessarily, these, these wouldn't be the same thing. These are two separate things. Are they, are they two separate things they would vote on or is the audit like part of an investigation? <laughs> it's very complicated. Uh, and so as, as a, a learned studier of this council, I will, I'll just explain briefly. My understanding right now is they're going to vote on two separate items, mm -hmm. but it's not an audit and an investigation separately. They will have a resolution that authorizes the audit and the investigation okay. at the same time. They're hoping to just go ahead with the audit, not find any issues yeah. and say, look, they, they complied with everything we asked for. They gave us what we wanted. It looks like everything's good here. The investigation angle is what gives the council power to get things they need to know. Right. So they would be able to compel witnesses and subpoena documents if they're not getting the information they need. The other thing they're going to vote on is an ordinance that would fund that. They're going to hire an outside uh, auditor, I think from Baton Rouge. I don't know exactly who yet. Yeah. But they have to have money to do that, and um, so they'll have to appropriate money to do that. The city council will be spending city money there. So let me ask you this as well. This is obviously a legal issue, and the you know local government oh, yeah. has its own attorney. So how does that get handled? when you have two separate parties within the same government structure. Well, you are asking the question on everybody's lips this week, Joe. Let me tell you, even the council members, I think, are waiting to see how that plays out because you're right. Ultimately, the city parish attorney is Greg Logan, and he answers to the mayor. Mm -hmm. uh, my understanding right now is that their plan for this audit is to include, is to go for an auditor that can also help them with legal issues. Okay. But but ultimately, I mean, you, you raise a great question. Imagine they launch this audit and this investigation. They get to the point where the mayor won't produce some documents. They hold them in contempt of counsel. They set a fine of whatever they want it to be and they can't enforce it. Yeah, It has to go to a district court judge. Well, only the city parish attorney represents the city council. So can he represent the council and the mayor? Obviously is, not. And is there any mechanism for hiring an outside attorney, or is that strictly prohibited by the charter? Kind of. Um, there is a mechanism for it, but it's not exactly clear how it applies in this situation. And their attempts to do that previously, the city council's attempts to hire its own attorney, were, were pretty well thwarted by yeah. the mayor's administration. So 
there's not a great track record of proof that this can be done yeah. in a way that you would expect. Okay. Well, Andrew, again, thank you very much for coming in. Glad to have you and, and want to have you on more. Uh, sure. Get to talk to you, especially after this meeting comes up and everything. And of course, looking forward, I hope everybody listens in tomorrow morning uh, when Mayor President Josh Gillard will be in on Acadiana's Morning News for Lafayette Live so that we can uh, maybe hear some of his response to this, maybe hear him talk about some of these other issues that are that are popping up as well. Andrew, again, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me, Joe. I appreciate it. All right, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take our bottom of the hour news break here in a sec. When we come back, we've got a lot of national stories to cover. Uh, Joe Biden's numbers are tanking again. I want to talk about that. Look at the polling. See why is it seasonal? We'll have all that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. And remember, call in 232-1542 or check in on the KPL app chat if you want to get involved with the conversation. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to be part of the conversation. Again, thanks to Andrew Caps of the Daily Advertiser for joining us uh, in the first half of the show uh, and really just kind of giving insight into a lot of the stories, a lot of what's going on in the buildup to Tuesday's uh, Lafayette Council meeting where they will likely vote on, uh, on, on finding an auditor to look into... A lot of the uh, a lot of the questions about the the bid process, the spoil bank rules, all that uh, in this conflict between the Lafayette City Council and Mayor President Josh Guillory's office. So uh, again, tomorrow morning on Acadiana's Morning News, of course, uh, Josh Guillory, Mayor President, will be on Lafayette Live from seven to eight. So um, he'll probably have some comments about some of of, of the questions. But also, just in general, responding to y'all's questions. If y'all email, y'all send a message in, everything like that, uh, it's your chance to uh, get to be part of the conversation with Mayor President Josh Guillory. Now, on to the national news. Joe Biden's approval numbers got as high as 44%, and the Democrats and the media, everybody was celebrating. Oh, yeah, he's on the upswing. They were celebrating him still being underwater by several points. But they he was on the upswing. He he had dipped down as low as, I think, 36%. Started moving up, moving up, moving up, kind of like the uh, kind of like the yodeler in the Price is Right game. I forget what the, the yodeling man game. I forget what the name of it is. But, uh, but he's kind of going, but he's kind of going over the edge again, and he's falling. And he's back down to 38% in a Reuters-Ipsos poll. Now, before I go into this poll too much, uh, I, I talk a lot about polls, and I talk a lot about the most recent polls. And there is a pro- I acknowledge that there is a problem with talking about individual polls in that polls vary wildly in terms of who they talk to, the type of voter they talk to, uh, where they're polling. There's so many different things that that go into a poll that one result in one poll that asks the exact same question as another poll can get you wildly different responses. So looking at individual polls is never really the right way to go. But the Democrats in the media have been really focused on individual polls as they come out. Polls drive media stories in in politics. You look at the polling and you see 
what everybody's saying in that moment. It's a snapshot in the moment. Here's the problem. The, the country as a whole is struggling with party politics. Every state is different. Some states are swing states, some are deep blue, some are deep red. There's a lot of congressional districts. Very, you know, one congressional district in a state could be wildly different from another congressional district in that state. So it's important to understand, again, different people getting different poll can get you different results. But what you do is you look at the polling average. And you look at a series of polls all brought together. At his lowest, Joe Biden was at, at one point, again, hovering 36%. And he's been on the upswing and kind of leveling out. But we're starting to see over the last couple of polls that high, his highest average, 42%. He was up at 44% in a couple different polls. Uh, CBS News had him up to 45% approval rating. But when you start taking all of the averages together, the numbers are going down again. He peaked earlier this week, or over the weekend actually, at 42% average. And now he's dipping back down. And these are little dips. And of course, we need a few more days to figure out, and a few more polls to figure out if that's a trend. But it's the trend that we have to pay attention to. And the trend right now, you know, he ha according to a to that CBS poll, forty five percent, Politico Morning Consult forty three, Quinnipiac forty one, Rasmussen forty five, Economist YouGov forty three, Reuters Ipsos thirty eight. That's a pretty big dip, so I would be cautious on that one a little bit. The only other one that I've seen that's come close is a Trafalgar Group poll which is a Republican-leaning poll. So Reuters-Ipsos, a little bit of an outlier, a 20-point underwater poll for Joe Biden, 38% approval, 58% disapproval. All of that said, the Democrats have been enjoying a seasonal bump. I've mentioned this before. This time of year, Democrats typically see a bump in the polls. And each and every time, because this is what parties do, when they're up, a lot of times they, they, uh, they buy into the hype and they overextend themselves. And what did Joe Biden do? He announced student loan forgiveness. And immediately there was blowback. I, I, there were actually Democrat strategists who were openly questioning why, when you're having such a good week and the poll numbers are going in your favor, why would you do this? Because whether or not you agree with student loan forgiveness, you need to understand that working class Americans, by and large, do not like the idea of their tax dollars paying off the student loan debt of someone, anyone, much less somebody who has a master's or, 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 or doctorate degree and is making a lot more money than that, which is where a lot of this student loan forgiveness will end up going. If you look at the numbers, you look at the Penn Wharton uh, uh, business model, 
you'll see student loan forgiveness for the most part, for a large chunk of it, benefits those with advanced degrees and higher paying jobs. Whereas working class Americans, many of whom fought tooth and nail to work the jobs to get the money to pay off their student loans, are not seeing any benefit from it. And a lot of Democrat strategists and a lot of the folks who look at this sort of thing and look at to see, you know, what policies will get voters to the poll for us, a lot of them are left scratching their heads or swearing. Here's what the Reuters Ipsos poll found, which is deeply important here. The two-day national poll found that 38% of Americans approved of Joe Biden's job performance. For Republicans, the next most pressing problems aside from the economy, were immigration and crime, each of which top concerns for about 10% of Republicans. Among Democrats, about one in eight Democrats saw the environment as the next top issue, and one in 10 Democrats pointed to the end of abortion rights as the top issue. Everybody's concerned about the economy, inflation, jobs, gas prices, etc. Then way down on the list, at one in 10 voters, one in eight voters, they're concerned about these other issues, immigration, crime, uh, environment, abortion rights. Everybody's focused on this working class American issue, the economy, inflation, all of that. The Reuters Ipsos poll shows a 7% drop in just one week of Joe Biden's high of 45% approval. If that holds, then student loan forgiveness is the only major issue that anyone can point to. And it was a divisive issue. In fact, it was so divisive. If you were listening to Moon Show this morning, you heard him play the ad the Biden bailout for rich kids, the American Action Network, a, a conservative group, released this ad. It's playing in swing states and in swing districts. And it's a good ad. It's not my favorite ad. But from a policy standpoint, it's a good ad. It's an effective ad. And that will continue to play a major role going forward in how voters view the Democratic Party, view Joe Biden, and how they hit the button in the ballot box come November. 23 hours till the next Joe Cunningham show. In the meantime, you can check me out on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And of course, listen to the podcast of the show. Thanks again to Andrew Caps for joining us today. You can check out all of his stuff at theadvertiser.com. Check out my stories up at kpel965.com. And we'll be back here tomorrow right here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPEL.